It's that time of the year, folks. Football season is back, and we had a, a zany week one at the collegiate football level. NFL is on the way. We're getting into all of this. Uh, tons of chatter. We're getting into a story about a company that hired a fake priest in order for their uh, for the employees to confess that they had stolen something. I mean, we got good stuff on the chatter today. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a comment because we have viewer comments or listener comments as well coming up at some point on today's show. And you're like, Chuck, that is a loaded rundown. That is why we get to the man himself for an opening thought. Houdini, welcome to football season, my friend. I'm excited, man. I'm excited. The, uh, we got the first taste of it this weekend. I will say, though, for an opening slate, was that not piss poor for college football? I mean, what the hell? I watched one, like, semi-apparently decent game was what really with the Colorado TCU was the biggest game. Other than that, the only thing on the slate that looked like it was going to be competitive was, uh, what, LSU and Florida State, and they got rolled. So I was, I'm disappointed in college football. I mean, I'll do – any football whatsoever, if you're going to give it to me, but come on, opening slate, do better. Bengals are legit power. They get it underway this weekend against the Cleveland Browns. Last time I checked, I believe the Bengals were point and a half favorites in that one. I haven't lived in Cincinnati since this resurgence. I was at the Super Bowl. That's the one, that's the lone game I've made it to in the last three, four years, yeah. really since they, uh, since the Andy Dalton era. Really, since I think the uh, the Colts playoff game, when I decided I was boycotting the Bengals and not going back, because in Indianapolis we received one of the biggest duds. AJ Green was out. That was brutal. Nonetheless, I haven't seen the city for a Who Day Sunday since this big time resurgence, and it's not even a resurgence; it's reaching new heights. Like the Bengals have never been this cool. Let's call a spade a spade. What's the city like on a given Sunday? For those people, we have a lot of Hamilton viewers. Maybe they don't trek their way into the city. They're watching at the local pub. Oh, you got to – yeah, you got to – if you're out in Hamilton, make the trek over to, to downtown Cincinnati for a game. Joe Burrow single-handedly has just changed the, the vibe of the entire city. And you can feel it the second you walk in there. People are a little drunker than they've ever been in the entire city. Uh, tailgates are starting a little bit eat, a little bit earlier than even what they did back in the day. And Sundays are now because when the Bengals sucked for a while, at least personally, there wasn't as many, hey, you want to get together for the Bengals game. You know, even if you're not going down, you didn't really get those texts and there wasn't, you know, people having parties. And now it seems like, you know, every street is, is full of Bengals attire. People are getting after it early, especially at the primetime games. The banks is, you know, electric like they had planned it to be. So it's uh, it's a good time. It's a fun time. Makes for a tough Monday, though. I will say that. Oh, yeah. Uh, speaking of Monday, yeah. the original Sunday scaries, the sound of the 60 minutes ticker. And now I hear that and I sleep a little bit easier because back in the day you heard that and it meant, oh, no, test tomorrow. Homework's coming soon. In this industry, in sports casting, I'm typically off Monday, Tuesday. So Sundays are always fun days to me. And now I embrace that sound. I'm like, all right, a day, a, a day successfully conquered. Now we have Sunday night football to potentially gamble on. Then Monday night football. Then we have a little maction. It's nonstop. Hell, nowadays, I've seen that there are lines on the elder games. I, I'm not, I have no idea who's putting out these lines. No one I know, so I don't care. But I've seen some lines for some of these games. Hey, you got elder minus 28 tonight at Mason. That's degeneracy. It sure is. That's that McNeil guy, that Browns like super fan guy that somehow we all follow. He followed like a hundred thousand people. So now 
he's just putting out high school lines that make absolutely no sense, but I still get fired up about him. Um, to your point, the 60 seconds thing, I don't give a shit if I don't have a lot of times it was an exam that was or uh, homework that was due at midnight on that Sunday night for your class the following week. And that would just immediately, you know, create the biggest scaries of all time. Um, but now I know I don't have it's not like I have an exam or something like that, but it still is the end of the weekend, essentially. So I shoot back right to my 20 year old days where I'm trying to get, you know, Jeremy Sony's art um, homework in at the last second. So it still gives me the PTSD, I guess, from the 60 minutes. Um, but, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to move past it and uh, kind of grow up a little bit, but it still hurts to hear that. So I'm not at your level yet, Chuck. And don't let your Sunday or don't let your Monday ruin your Sunday. Whoever made that saying up is a complete idiot because my Monday ruins my Sunday every time. And every time I try to, to, you know, not think about Monday, I end up having the worst week of my entire life. So just whoever made that up, stop saying that it's ruining college kids lives. Okay. No, I agree. Hey, you're giving me perfect segues day Houdini. For some reason we get the, we got the rundown out. I'm staring at it right now, which we never really have. We usually just wing it and things are going crisp. So you want to talk about a segue. You say college. I say back to college football and I say Clemson is cooked and I love it. There's something about the Clemson Tigers that I just have not liked through the last few years. They've been a horrible team to bet the spread against. They don't score the ball. Their defense has some letdowns and it looks like more of the same, man. I think we may be witnessing the end of the Dabo Sweeney run. He he refuses to hit the transfer portal. He says that his NIL is through his Lord and Savior. We we built this program on NIL. We really did. And and I it's probably different than what you're thinking though. We we built this program uh in God's name, image, and likeness. And um it's just not looking good. People are adapting and Dabo's still, you know, giving it what he gave us ten years ago. And I don't know if it's gonna work again. Yeah, there's something unlikable about Dabo. I, I, although I do love that video of him just sprinting through the tunnel as fast as he possibly can, like he's, <laughs> like he's fucking Boris uh, Gump just sprinting out of that thing. That is pretty, pretty awesome to see. But something about him in general just kind of gives you bad vibes. He's so anti NIL to the point where it's, you know, it just seems disingenuous when you got coaches getting paid that much money that truly don't think players should make a dime essentially. And that's kind of what the gist that I got from him, but they, that was a disgusting game. That was the one of them that I thought of immediately when I was thinking about the college opening weekend. I mean, they got just destroyed by Duke. Granted, they did have what two fumbles in the 10 yard within the 10 yard line. So, I mean, they, the game could have went a different way, but I was thinking what's the name club club Gabe club Nick or something. Cade Klubnik. He looked awful. I I was thinking we were seeing the next Trevor Lawrence. I was very disappointed. I did not make any live bets on Clemson during that game. Okay, that is all completely not factual. So I have no dog in the fight here. But yeah, speculation. They they were terrible. So yeah, I think I, I'm not against Clemson. You know, the end of an era at Clemson. I'm hoping we've, we're seeing one possibly with OSU. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm in a, I'm in a group chat, man, with some OSU fans and they're saying Ryan day, for whatever reason, he's lost a step. They're saying Jim Harbaugh may have broken him. Now I have no dog in the fight. 
I'm just worried about Emory Jones throwing seven touchdowns or compiling seven touchdowns every single game and leading the Bearcats to a win over Pittsburgh this upcoming weekend. Um, if you want more on the Bearcats, this is a good time to tease that Houdini and I are also doing a channel, Chatterbox Bearcats, and um, on the Chatterbox Sports app or platform, I guess you should say, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. And we're talking Bearcats around the clock on there. So we won't get into it too much on this show since I just did 17 minutes the other night. Thanks for joining, Houdini. What were you doing Saturday night as I was manning up the studio trying to get out content to the people? What What did you do Saturday night? Did you do a show that I'm unaware of? Yeah, I did a little I did a little solo Bearcat show just to get something out there. You can look that up. I, oh, I just wanted right. to get something out there just in case the Bearcats end up being a top five team in the country. And I could say, hey, we've been on it this entire time, even though it was a 15 minute show. and We didn't even have a logo yet. You know, we've been there since the beginning. We We planted our seeds and watch the fruits of our labor as we watered throughout the year. So that's what I felt like doing. And um, it is out there for those of y'all. So I don't want to spend too much time on the Bearcats. I want to go back to NIL because you were talking Dabo Sweeney and how he says that, you know, he's anti-NIL is what you're saying. Right. And that's exactly what he is. He's alluded to in the, in the past. NIL to me, players have to be paid. I mean, there's there's no doubt about it. One thousand percent players have to be paid. But at the same time, it's it's just a double edged sword. It's a lose lose situation because I mean, let's get real. Nineteen year olds, not always, but most of the time, they're not always the smartest human beings in the world. You're not you're not a full. You are a grown up. And the fact that you can vote and that you can I mean, you can't even drink yet, but you can vote and you can you have a lot of rights at 18. But at the same time. Man, can you imagine if they would have given a bunch of 19-year-old members of the YSA, the Young Sluggers Association, $5 million in college? What would have happened? I mean, it would have been bad news. You got you to humanize this situation here. You're giving a lot of young people that don't have collegiate experience to figure themselves out that are that are growing up in front of your eyes and you're giving them that much money. So it's like a lose-lose situation, but they deserve to be paid 1,000%. Right. It just comes down when you look at the money, you know, the, the money that these uh, colleges are making, athletic departments with the TV deals. And then you realize that, you know, and this was the big argument forever, that how the hell do the kids not get a slice of that pie? And everyone's like, well, they're, pay they're paying for an education. No, they're not. OK, a lot of them are not, especially at these big programs. They are playing as Cardale Jones famously said, he didn't he didn't come there to play school. OK, he came there to play football. And they're looking at their, you know, the next stage of their lives already. And a lot of them should, because a lot of them, you know, it's, you know, the Travis Hunters type of the world where we know they're going pro. It's just a matter of when. Um, but it does, it does kind of suck. It kind of sucks out some of the, the good stuff of college football. Because now, yeah, if a kid doesn't start immediately, they're transferring the second, you know, they see anything like that. And they'll transfer, you know, half the time it's a guy that's been to four schools. And then he shows up to your school as a 26-year-old somehow and is still playing college football. It's like, get a job at this point, dude. But um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, with, with the NIL, would I, you know, if I had a million dollars at 18, I was an idiot at 18. And I know you said everyone has all these rights. Maybe people shouldn't. I don't know if I should have been able to vote at 18. That should have been pushed back for me until about 24. So maybe we just need to look at it through that lens. But um, I don't know. I think a lot of these people, 
for better or worse, have a lot of people on their, you know, their team that help them. Hopefully somebody that isn't, you know, in it for the wrong reasons. But when somebody's getting, you know, $1.5 million at 18, I'm hoping there's a team of advisors guiding these guys to not be complete idiots like I would have done. Yeah. Hey, you, you hit the nail on the head there. Um, how about the turnover <laughs> chain? This is this has gotten huge in the last few years. It started Ridiculous. with the Miami Hurricanes and they had the U chain and it, it became a phenomenon to the point where everyone copied it, but we're taking it a step further. I saw the other day Liberty had the turnover Joker mask where someone had the green hair and everything. It, it looked like he honestly just painted his face during the game. It was so realistic. I was like, what, what happened? Like, where did he get that mask to, to be that real? I mean, he must've gone to Capels months ago to secure something that good. I mean, this close to October, you can't get that quality of a mask. Um, so new Orleans has the turnover beads. Uh, which makes sense, obviously. That's that's simple. That's fun. UNLV has the slot machine where they legit have a slot machine on the sideline where they pull the lever. Now, I think that it should be a little more realistic. They should, you know, hook the player up to like a catheter, chain smoking cigs with like a bourbon in the left hand, bottom shelf bourbon in the left hand as they pull that lever. That's what I think would be realistic. But I want your thoughts. I want to go down the list. I have a few here that I want to workshop. Give me some turnover chains idea as, as we as we move forward. I mean, the turnover, I see a new one every time I watch a college football game. It'll be a new whatever I was, I watched like, what, like 10 the other day, and there's a new one for every team. Some of them are really stupid. Um, but you did tell me to workshop some of these. So I was thinking, these aren't my favorite. You know, a lot of it, you've got to stare at the list of college football teams, get the mascots up, because I'm like, you want to try to tie those in somehow, or the state, you know. I was thinking maybe – University of Idaho, something with potatoes, but nothing stuck with me. So what I got so far is, yeah, Oklahoma State. Um, they do, they get a turnover. They immediately have a guy, a barber, cutting mullets for everybody that gets a turnover on the sidelines, right? They got a barber ready to rock. If the problem there is if this guy gets two picks, where do you go from there, okay? We'll, we'll, we'll dissect that one a little bit later. My second one was uh, BYU. If they get a turnover, they just get to see a boob on the sidelines. So that could be huge. I think it would be against everything that BYU stands for, but I think their turnover differential would skyrocket. And I think that's a fact. Um, and then Notre Dame. I know you had mentioned something with Notre Dame, but I was thinking they just get a gigantic bowl of lucky charms on the sidelines and they eat that up, you know, like the, like the, Georgia Bulldogs essentially over there. So those were three that I'm workshopping. Obviously they're not, you know, fully thought out, but um, I think it's something that uh, could gain some traction here. I said the Notre Dame, when they get the interception, when they get the turnover, the fumble, whatever it may be, they should just do the, uh, the Irish goodbye. Forget any sort of a chain. Mm. They should secondary picks it off. Just leave the stadium for a bit, you know? Everyone in the crowds like, where did the secondary go? They just they got the turnover Irish goodbye. You just can't get two in a row because then you're in the third team secondary. So that one needs some workshopping. That one's not great. I think this one's my favorite. Uh, Georgia Tech. How about the turnover yellow yellow jacket hive? I think that's a good one where the player has to hold up a full yellow jacket. I think he gets in a suit. It holds it up and you know it's swarming with yellow jackets at this point and the and the players just kind of dance around them and hope they don't get stung 
you know, have some EpiPens in sight. I think that that's a good one playing off the fact that they're the yellow jackets. My favorite's Colorado, uh, the turnover bong rip. And I think that Deion Sanders, I think that prime would be on board with this. He's innovative. It's legal out there. If you're under 21, now you got to rip tobacco out of the bong the way it was intended, you know, because that's what they say they were actually made for. And then my last one that I thought was uh, the turnover jockey where you have to go in the medical tent and come out. So like Dane key scores a touchdown. He comes out in a jockey outfit and a real horse would be great. They hop him up on a real horse and it's for a photo op, but those are some I'm workshopping. I think that, um, I think that they just need to take them a step further. You know, they're, they're getting pretty into it. So you may as well just go all the way at this point. I mean, I, I like this. I like, I do like Kentucky. I like the guy dressed like coming out of the tent, dressed up as a jockey and doing like an entire lap around the stadium. That would be something to behold, no doubt about it. But honestly, I, I don't, I wouldn't be shocked They're I feel like they're taking them so far that I don't think these are that far out of the realm of possibility. <laughs> Because it's getting outrageous what they're doing now. It, it's truly insane. So we'll, we'll see. But um, we'll keep an eye out uh, this year. And let's try to see, you know, if there's any ones that stick out to us is just the most outlandish. I've seen a couple so far. Nothing too crazy. But I'm sure as the season goes on, we'll see some shit. Yeah, and that's a good idea for people to, uh, if you like the show, give us a five-star review and hop in the review. Leave us a comment on what a good idea is. Leave one in there, and if you have a great one, we'll read it off on the show, and you'll be a, you'll be a friend of the program. Why, why wouldn't you want that? Um, moving on, sticking with the theme of football, but this time in fantasy, I'm our commissioner, the uh, fans of the Cheez-It Bowl, which no longer exists. What, what did the Cheez-It Bowl turn into? Ah, oh, shit. I don't know. I'm trying to think. Yeah. We'll figure I, I it out. We'll, we'll, we'll leave that in the comments. We'll, add it in and post. we'll just, we'll just yeah. tell people, whenever we don't know something, just leave it in the comments. It helps the algorithm. It pushes it out to more people. Just leave the five-star review with it. But um, it's fans of the Cheez-It Bowl because one year it was, you may remember this game, TCU, Cal, and one of the worst collegiate games, bowl or not, in history. And we were eating a steakhouse dinner at Jeff Ruby's, which is, you know, once in a blue moon, it was, it was like a 10 year anniversary of the YSA. And we were all getting steaks, getting ribeyes, everything. And we all threw down some, a chunk of change, the steak basically on the under. And let's just say the final score. Well, it wasn't on the under. We originally said the under which was like 42 and a half and the game ended up being 10 to seven. And there were like 19 interceptions. We ended up throwing money on TCU, watched the end of the game at a local watering hole. And Johnny song wrote his song as he kicked like a 42 yarder to cover the two and a half point spread and the place went nuts. So anyways, long story short, it's a podcast. We can get into it. Fans of the cheese at bowl had our draft and we were going to do it on a Thursday, actually th- this week. Uh, nine, eight, I guess it would be. And unfortunately everyone had conflicts, AKA the season was starting on that Thursday, which I did not know. I figured it started on a Sunday. My bad. Um, not the greatest commissioner. And so we scheduled it for about 90 minutes later. And I said, we're doing this in 90 minutes. Everyone hop in everyone except one person gave their confirmation and all hell broke loose from there. And the only response we got after was, I can't believe we trusted the man who waited in line three hours for a funnel cake to be the commissioner of this league. But I digress. I'll let you get into it because you were really one of the only ones that was on top of it waiting in the war room. 
Well, yeah, I'm glad I checked my group. You said that the biggest problem, yes, you know, having Chuck is the commissioner already is a red flag. You're not going to be, the, the draft is going to go horribly wrong. Okay. I didn't think it would go this horribly wrong though. So I understood we were trying to get a solid day for the draft. And then he throws in there, why not tonight? And I said, sure, I'll be, I can make it tonight. No solidified time or anything like that. And this is via group me, which people don't check group me. If this was text chain, then I can see, hey, that's there's some you know legitimacy there that somebody, everyone saw it. So I just said yes. Then uh, one of our buddies, Dave Schmidt, said that he was actually going to be on a plane at that point in time. So when I saw that, I go, there's no chance that we're actually going to go through with it. Um, and then I saw you said something about possibly nine o'clock. I don't know. I went and checked it. What's what time do we actually have it? Eight? 8.30, um, 8.30 Eastern time. 8.30. I think you said something like 8.30 or I might push it to 9. Blah, blah, blah. I checked at 8.29 with 32 seconds. Long story short, there was about five people. The, the guy that was on a plane didn't get Wi-Fi also. He was on auto. We had about five people on auto draft. I wasn't too pissed. I had the first pick overall. I'll take Justin Jefferson. That's okay with me. But, I mean, it was an epic disaster because we – hype up this league all year and the draft happened and five guys had no clue that it even happened. And I don't blame them. You cannot have a draft day of without at least a text confirmation from everyone with the time. Cause you said, are you available tonight? No specific time whatsoever. And it wasn't solidified that we we're even doing it. So that's why essentially Chuck is being vetoed out of the, the fantasy uh, commissioner spot next year. Um, but I'll let you speak your mind on it this to, I don't know, try to rectify what you've done. Well, here's the thing. If I stepped down and deleted the league and someone else tried to activate one, it wouldn't happen. The reason this league with a, a lot of people that haven't seen each other in like three years is still going on when you could have leagues with other people that live in the same city, same neighborhood, work at the same job, whatever it may be. It's just because of the convenience factor. I hit reactivate every year. So I'm a freaking hero in this situation. I'm keeping us afloat or else this thing would be done. So that's first and foremost. Second, my wife was busy. She knew she had to auto draft. She got Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. So thank you, auto draft. She's got a fun team. You guys can start tossing her trades. Um, our buddy Schroeds was supposed to have the number one overall pick. Unfortunately, Dave Schmidt, who was on that plane, said, hey, I still use my AIM screen name to log in, my AOL account to log in. So you're going to have to add a second manager. So I added a second manager, and he said it's too close to the league starting. So you have to reactivate the draft basically push it back and then push it back forward when i did that everything changed Tudini now had the first pick he was the beneficiary uh dan murphy commented in the league that he couldn't actually the tax man he couldn't actually draft but he has a general manager like literally has a second has a gm that does like the scouting for him and picked for him so he's all good uh the only one i think was folly was the only person that didn't get a fair draw and he uh he actually joined the league like five picks in and immediately picked Jonathan Taylor, which I was like, well, that's ballsy. He didn't get any of his own Ooh. picks. And then he picked a guy that doesn't have a team. I mean, yeah. So I didn't even, I didn't even look at it in depth is, is that far back that, so there was probably, you know, Schroeder, for example, that had the number one pick that there was probably like six or seven guys that were doing 25 different mock drafts based on their position. 
in the in the draft order, and then 20 minutes before the draft, you changed everything. Schroeder was probably losing his fucking mind. Obviously, Murphy, we can talk about just the idea of having a general manager on your fantasy team. That in itself, that's got to be douche of the year move. How about you just have him be the damn – have the team himself? What's the point? So, basically, I guess you're right at the end of the day – it's really our fault for even allowing you to have be the commissioner in years past because this was always going to come at some point, and now you're just reactivating it. This is this isn't your fault. This is on us. On the train, this is where we uh, ask Houdini whether he's on the train with something, whether he's off the train and thinks it's really dumb or just does not like the idea of it, or if he could be persuaded to buy a ticket with the right, I guess, sales pitch from myself. So let's start with Celsius. Forget pickleball. Celsius has swept the nation right now. I saw that in one of the big-time collegiate football games over the weekend when they were kicking into the ad-sponsored net, which I'd never seen that before. I mean, I guess it's happened in the last few years, but I don't remember classic football with just a giant can of Celsius when you're kicking into the, you know, when you're kicking your extra points. But I saw a lot of Celsius. I'm absolutely on the train. I'm slightly addicted after a short stint with Bang Energy and Ghost and Jerry Rice's Goat Fuel. I'm now a Celsius guy. They've they've got me with the marketing. At this point, it's like muscle memory. In the morning, you grab a Celsius Energy and you attack the day. Are you on the train? Um, yeah, I was on the train for quite a while. I was getting 30 packs delivered to me through Amazon for a while. Um, flavors are good. Uh, definitely solid flavors. Didn't they just have a class action lawsuit against they were claiming bullshit and somebody ended up suing them? Is that accurate? Have you heard that? Or are you just drinking them? I have the no idea. In regards to this stuff, because if I actually knew what I was putting into my body, it may make me feel pretty bad about myself. So I just, you know, scan the little Yuka app that says it's bad for you, but not very bad for you or poor. And, um, you know, I go about my day. I'm like, eh, it's better for you than a Nature Valley bar. I used to eat one of those every single day, but it's a different type of bad for you. One of these days I'm going to explode. They're going to be like, how did Chuck go? Uh, he had a Celsius every day for 45 years. I mean, they're not clinically tested yet, but as of right now, it gets me going. I mean, how do you think we have the energy to fire these podcasts on all cylinders? Bang energy, Celsius, the whole shebang, folks. Yeah, I mean, if you were drinking bang, I, I know for a fact Celsius, and I I know no statistics on this, Celsius is definitely better for you than bang. There is no question about it. So I think you're going down the right path. Um, I've been on the coffee train now just because I'm working in the office now, not at home as much. So I'm just getting pots of Joe right to the face, but nothing quite does it like Bang used to with that 300 oh, yeah. milligrams of caffeine to your brain. But no, Celsius, I'm, I'm on board in general. How about the story of the day? This is where we uh, tell you real news that we find on Reddit's Not the Onion, and we give you the color commentary. You need to hear these stories because at the end of the day, you can't be working for an employer like this. But this stuff happens out there. A restaurant used fake priests to get workers to confess. So the, the gist of this story is a Mexican restaurant. Um, the owner thought that his employees were stealing from him and they were clocking in late and all these different things. So he hired an actor. You know, they're on strike right now. So he's like, hey, buddy, you need some work. I need you to act as a fake priest 
coming from Hollywood, and these people are going to confess to you. They said it was sketchy from the get-go. These people had brains on them. They weren't dumb. And they said the only thing this priest asked them was work-related stuff. He came in. He initiated the conversation. He said, hey, you guys working a full 40 hours? Hey, is anyone here? You could tell me. I'm the priest. Has anyone here taken food from the commissary in the last two weeks? Like, this was a real thing that happened. Obviously, the owner arrested. Uh, just a terrible situation. They never found the actor, whoever it may be. So there's a uh, there's a faux priest running around out there. But as Catholic school guys, we relate, man. Uh, we, we relate. And that is why you always have to say the same thing in confession. I was mean to my little sisters. You can't give away too much. You never know if they're failed actors back there. You can't give away too much. You say, I was mean to my sisters. It's like when you're at the doctors and they ask you, do you drink alcohol? You say no. You don't open up the can of worms. You don't open it up. You just say no. I just, and then you realize you've been lying to yourself for the last 15 years. I mean, I have so many questions, though. So what, you're telling me that... Did you read this article fully? I'm, I'm not even fully. All right. So did they, this guy hired a priest to be a customer, essentially, they would just come in as a regular and then he'd just randomly be like, Hey, but by the way, are you, are you actually clocking in at the time you're saying you're coming in or no, they said that they, had like a, they had a session. They, they hired, they hired a priest. It was like part of their, their to do reconciliation. Issue. They, yeah, they had reconciliation, oh, basically. Wow. And he led the conversation. And yeah, okay. it's, a, it's a wild story. Give it a give it a search I mean, right now. Just type in priest, Mexican restaurant, um, confession. And, and that alone will probably hit the SEO for it to pop up. You may have to do a little digging because it is a little oddballish. But um, no, this happened just, recently. Yeah. And it, it just it got me thinking, like, when you are at the doctor, you not the doctor as much, obviously. But the priest, you got to be on your toes. You know, you, you can't give away your foot. They know too much. I agree. Oh, yeah. And, and to your point of the, you know, I was mean. I was mean to my little sister. You know, I, I you know, I said I called my dad a bitch or something. And they're like, all right, oh. that's uh, that's that's four Hail Marys, four, four Hail Marys. And they're like, and in our father just for, for lying to me to my face, because I know you've done more. Um, but this guy is that's illegal then. So I can't utilize this strategy. You like just imagining at a Mexican restaurant, why on earth they would bring in a priest to do reconciliation for the team. This, this guy might be an evil genius. It's so outlandish. I don't even think I, I would think it was legit. Like, I don't think I would ever think somebody hired a failed actor to be a, a priest to come into the Mexican restaurant to see if somebody was stealing some barbacoa. But uh, cheers to him. Yeah, I'm looking at it. This is real. Give me some key points. Give the people some key points as you as you read it real time. Just scan through it, spark notes, because this is absurd. It's Washington Post. Wow. A restaurant chain in California enlisted a fake priest to take confession from workers with the supposed father urging them to get the sins out by telling him if they'd late if, if they'd been late for work or had stolen from their employer, according to the US Department of Labor. Oh, this is great. Shay Gerbaldi. Is his name tough on all the baldies out there? Is the uh, the owner's name allegedly he did this? This guy could be completely innocent. Oh wow! They asked Maria Para in a sworn declaration, "quote The priest mostly had work related questions, which I thought was strange. 
Hernandez told another employee that they needed to help him by telling investigators they worked only eight hours each day, five days a week. Good God. It keeps getting worse and worse. Yeah. So that is, uh, that's our story of the day. I know you needed to, I know you needed to hear that one. If you're on your way into work and you're feeling bad about yourself, you looked in the mirror this morning and you're just like, God, I was really an asshole for that Mac game last Tuesday, whatever it may be, whatever it may be. Just remember, you're not this guy. You're above that. And on the chatter podcast, we celebrate, we celebrate that you're above that. We're not perfect. No one's perfect. This is a podcast for the unperfect. It's for everyone from the trailer park to the country club. But what we do know is that you're better than that. So congratulations. All right. New segment, listener questions. So this one comes from Boris. Didn't leave us where he's from. He says, your guys' thoughts on social media algorithms. Thank you, Boris. Um, Mine right now has me on a breaking bad bender. Because you know that if you're on YouTube or you're on Instagram or really those two more so than any other in TikTok, if you watch a video twice and definitely three times, you're not escaping that type of content for about a month. So for a while, it was food. And I'd be watching people make protein lasagnas or healthy versions of pizza nonstop. I mean, I'd be scrolling 10, 15 minutes a day watching people make omelets. And I'm like, what am I doing? It's beautiful outside. I live in the Bay Area. It's like four thousand dollars a month to have a you know roof over your head here and i'm spending my entire day watching someone eat a lasagna now i don't have to worry about that anymore it's a breaking bad bender which i'm fired up about i mean the algorithm knows me well now um so it's 3 a.m the other night i'm watching a scene where walt jr is just puking in the pool you know this after ripping the tequila and hank takes it he's oh you've been bogarting that bottle a little too much buddy (laughs) and he gives his little laugh as he walks away and walt stands up and throws the table my bottle my house my son bring the bottle back hank um and she's like what the hell are you doing you've been watching breaking bad all night so that's the uh that's the stage that i'm in right now so i'm a fan personally Um, That's my thoughts on the social media algorithms. If it takes you down the wrong algorithm, if it takes you down the food or it takes you down the exercise moves or it takes you down, you know, a sports team that you don't care about or a sports personality that you don't care about, whatever it may be, it can be tough. But in this situation, Breaking Bad, I'm on the train right now, currently. Let's put it that way. All right. So the algorithm has been good to you as of, you know, the most current kick that you're on because... It does make you really be hesitant to click stuff on the explore page because if you click the wrong thing, you're locked into that for another two months. Like I got deep into Spanish uh, Instagram somehow. So all my videos are just speaking in Spanish. I don't know shit about Spanish. Okay. So I'm sitting there trying to dig my way out of it. I'm searching stuff like just trying to figure out how to get English stuff back on. Um, so it's been tough, but yeah, right now I'm in Spanish in alligator, uh, algorithm. So any alligator video, I've seen it, um, shout out Al- alligator boy, Chris or something. I do follow him. So I don't mind those videos are interesting, but yeah, it can be a slippery slope. I'll say that when you get in the wrong, the wrong spot. So watch out out there. Be aware. When did this happen? Because five, six years ago when Instagram w- w- was hot. It was um, it was just who you followed. You wouldn't even get suggested friends or an, you may get some suggested friends. But um, in, in the last five years, it's turned into all ads and algorithms and just suggested content. And a lot of times it's you're one bad click away from from literally changing your life 
through the content that that falls into your page. You know, you're watching people eat pizza nonstop. Literally. And you're just like, what is the matter with me? I just, I, I've watched more random people eat pizza in the last week because you're just scrolling at that point and you're waiting to see your buddy, you know, coach Broadbeck is, is putting up a picture of his son, Charlie shout out Charlie Broadbeck. Oh, what yeah. a wonderful kid. And you're just, you're looking for pictures of, of the, of the cute little guy. And, and next thing you know, you're watching people eat pizza nonstop. So it's a dangerous game, but I'm in a good one right now. It's nonstop breaking bad, which uh, is bringing me back to my roots because it is the greatest show of all time. I think we're both in agreement that if you don't like breaking bad, uh, do what do you not like the NCAA tournament? You're not like March Madness either. You not like pizza. I mean, what's wrong with you if you don't like Breaking Bad? Breaking Bad, Breaking Bad is very solid. I don't know if I want to be in an algorithm strictly showing me, you know, Walt Jr. getting banged up. Um, but the one, have you noticed the one thing that they've done? They're now throwing in. I mean, this probably happened like six months ago, but they're throwing in people on your Instagram that you don't even follow that are mutual. So it'll be some guy's girlfriend that I've never met that I'm friends with uh, the guy that, you know, moved out to California or something. And then his girlfriend's post will come up with him or whatever. And I'll think, Oh, that's his Instagram. So I'll like it. And then it looks like I'm a creep ass liking this random girl's Instagram that I don't even follow. So they're trying to set up booby traps throughout all the algorithms. And just, just as a listener, be, be aware of what you're doing, what you're liking. Don't like just anything you see scrolling down. Okay. And get you in serious trouble. Uh, last question comes from Skyline Lover. They say, what is the dumbest thing you believed in as a child? Um, I've been going first here. I I'm I'm willing to, to let you take the floor here if you want to go, but sometimes it seems like you want me to take the floor first, and I'll, I'll, I'll take my leadership reps. I'm very interested. You have to have a long, long list of dumb things that you believed as a child, Chuck. Just, just guessing. I mean, the correct answer here is, Santa Claus for everyone. I mean, the fact that, you know, oh, shoot, the audience. Uh oh. Uh, well, we, we, we forgot yeah, to get our parental guidance. Yeah, we forgot to get our parental guidance recommended out at the beginning. But at this point in the show, I think no seven year olds are listening. If they are in the back of the car, <laughs> it's your parents. It's your parents. They're eating the cookies. Then they don't need the cookies. <laughs> okay. Um, so that's the correct answer. I would say the light in the car. When it was late at night and I'd be trying to play the Game Boy Color because I, I had a big one against Misty at her gym and she was sending out the Starmie and I had the Venusaur and he was down at the very end and I did put that lights out. He would always say put that light out because it would cause him to either wreck or get pulled over. I can't remember what his excuse was, but it was something I believed in as a child. You couldn't turn the lights on in the back seat because bad things would happen if the lights were turned on. Now, at a certain point, I said, I'm not turning the light out. I'm not turning the light out, but at one point that was, um, I, I believed it. What about you? Well, why is that a thing in general? Every, it's like every parent in the history of mankind. I mean, I drive a car now. It's if somebody turns a light on, I don't fucking blow a gasket. Like my dad would literally just lose all sense of reality. Oh, oh my God. Like I acted like I'm freaking shooting a, the beam of the, the sun's light directly into his eyes. Um, it's part of, yeah, that's a universal story, though. Everyone's parents went ballistic about a light being turned on. I don't, maybe that's just a generational gap. I do not know. Um, dumbest thing I believe is a child. I mean, speaking of the Santa one, on the same, you know, in the same realm as that, 
I still think the Easter bunny is the most outrageous. I don't care how young you are. You're a moron. You thought a big ass life-size bunny jumped into your house, started hiding eggs all over the place. That's, I don't care if you're five, grow up. You need to know that that is ridiculous. And that was the one that I was mad at myself for after I figured out that it was untrue. I'm just like, you really believe that this six foot eight LeBron James looking bunny was hopping around through the house. So that, that's yeah, probably stupid, my biggest one. Stupid, stupid. Yeah, I'm like, you freaking moron. So yeah, that's, that's probably mine. But uh, yeah, the light one that's up there too. Last segment of the day. We cancel something. I now pronounce blank canceled deal with it. Attention campers. Lunch has been canceled today due to lack of hustle. Deal with it. You finally have one. You've succumbed under peer pressure. You said, I will never give in. Cancel culture has gotten you. Give me something. What's what's off the face of this earth after today? Um, just a hundred percent canceling. When you're when you go golfing, as you can tell, I went golfing for the first time recently, or not the first time, but recently here. Um, if you go golfing and say you have two people in the the cart guy or the whatever they call him, the guy that you know sends you off onto the tee. When they put you with two randos or even a rando, shut it down. Stop doing. It. I don't. I didn't. I didn't get a tea time at twelve thirty. You know, no disrespect to Clark and Terry who came with me uh, on Saturday. Great guys, beautiful guys. I didn't. I didn't sign up to golf with Clark and Terry though. Okay, and it kind of ruins the whole vibe. It's like the only thing I feel like that they just, except for maybe the communal tables at restaurants, which I also would love to cancel. Um, it's one of the only things that you actually sign up for a time and they just say, Hey, uh, this guy named Gary wants to play. Can he join your threesome? It's like, no, no, I hate the whole idea. It ruined the outing for me. And I would like to say it cost me about 15 strokes just mentally. No, I, uh, I remember a time I was playing over in Oakland with a friend of the program, Matt Rio and two guys joined and one of them was like an amateur golfer. I mean, not that good. That's a stretch, but you could tell he played high school and took his swing very serious and had nine practice swings beforehand. I'm walking up there just hacking at it and it, it gets to you, you know, it gets to your mentals when you know that you're up there and, and he's watching you and he's, he's taking his notes. He's one of those guys that's at the green taking notes of the isotopes and the slopes and everything going on. And it just, it does, it, it ruins the vibe. That one is for sure. Canceled. That is definitely off the face of this earth. This guy, to your point, was doing exactly that. He was dead serious because I, I was like, this guy was decent. He's obviously better than me. And he'd be like, hold on, because the T or the uh, flag was a little bit, you couldn't see it as very well. He's like, hold on, I'll drive up there. And he goes, I'll start waving my hand. And you hit it right above my head, brother. And then he's going, and I'm like, dude, maybe watch out. He goes, I'm not afraid of the ball, man. I got you. So he's doing this, and I shank it like 80 yards right. And he's like, I told you to hit it above my head. I'm like, I fucking tried, Clark. I just suck at golf. Give me a fucking break here. So, it, yeah, it ruined the outing for me, and it sounds like you had a similar experience, but I'll, uh, I digress. All right, that does it for the show today. NFL returns this weekend. The Cincinnati Bengals and the Cleveland Browns should be some good stuff. 
content on the way. We're talking Bengals moving forward. We're reaching out to our sources, trying to get some phone numbers, getting some exciting people on. Our next guest, Matt Jones from Kentucky Sports Radio. He's coming on the show talking about the birth of KSR, where it's at right now. Maybe a career in politics. Maybe we don't get into that one, but we have a lot to get into with Matt Jones. He's got a great story and hopefully is a friend of the program by the time the next show comes out. For Houdini, I'm Chuck. This is The Chatter. We'll talk to you soon.